0: Back it up. Talk fresh, better, back it up. I'ma money while they laugh at us.
1: What is going on? You're tuning into Inventing Entrepreneurs, a show where we bring on emerging entrepreneurs to talk about them inventing their vision of success. I'm your host. We have an empty table today, no more mics, just one. Joined by my co-host John
2: what's oh, up John
1: don't call me mustache John <laughs> joined here by uh the
2: lovely gentleman from Thimble co-founders Dave Brenner and Oscar pronounce your last name for me again uh Pedroso Pedroso yeah. thanks for joining us guys it's a pleasure yeah. thanks for making the way out here
3: thank you it's great to be here
2: sweet you know looked a little bit about your product your website stuff like that looks freaking sweet It's uh,
1: <laughs> really good it's good cool website. and I'm
2: even more excited that you guys brought a box to show us because Definitely. you know then our viewers will also be able to uh see it on the, the video um kind so, of give us a little bit of background about it
3: yeah definitely well so thimble is a monthly subscription so we teach uh, kids and adults how to build hardware and program it so if you want to build your first robot or first electronics device we teach you how to do that from start to finish and then we teach you how to program it uh, and you don't have to have any experience so every month is a different mm. project you receive in the mail and then all of the instructions and tutorials are on our website
1: so is there f- separate packages for different ages? So someone from like four to six or, you know, someone that's in high school?
3: Yeah, it's for ages 13 and up. Uh, okay. Sometimes we'll get kids as young as six that work alongside a parent or, yeah. or a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've we've had people of all ages use the product, but it's, it's made cool. for kids. So
2: after, is there like what is this like the base right here this is like a box that you would get for your first subscription we have
3: it this one's actually one of the previous kits that we delivered last year which
0: which is a video game controller crack
2: that shit open let's see what's in there (laughs) yeah
0: so yeah (laughs) have a circuit board so our our new kits uh are all built on the same uh base kit like Hmm. you were kind of saying yeah so this is one of the old ones where you solder it together so this is uh you put it together and then you can make a little RGB game controller, you can play Pong on it, or you can hook it up to your laptop and then use it as a game controller. It has so an LCD little, screen on it? Yeah, it has a little LED. Or LED. Uh, RGB S3D LED screen. I don't
2: know, what's your background? What are both of your guys' backgrounds uh, to you know, get this started? Because I mean, it seems like you have to have a lot of yeah lot of experience. Uh, yeah, right.
3: So I think. I went to school not too far from here, University of Rochester, studied Mm. math and economics, uh, worked in healthcare for a little bit, but then landed in higher education, so I was working in college admissions, and that's where I really got inspired to do a lot of this. Mm. Started my own tutoring company, uh, did a little bit of application consulting, uh, mentored robotics since I was involved in high school with First Robotics, Mm. and then from there, um, started a previous startup that was in the education space, and that pivoted to, to Thimble when David came on board. Cool. Right, so, which,
1: is, is it just you two that are the co-founders, or is there anyone else?
3: Just the two of us, just the two and of then we have four employees. Part so,
1: part. what made you want to start this? There had to be some sort of reason, right?
3: Yeah. Um, we have both perspe- We have different perspectives. But some so, so my background. I so when I was in high school, I didn't even know what engineering was. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I'm also, well, first generation college grad and entrepreneur. My mom still thinks I'm crazy that I'm starting a business. But uh, while I was working at the University of Rochester as an admission officer, I noticed that there was all these students that we were working with that built amazing projects. They were building rovers, they were building They were building drones, all different types mm. of gadgets. And it occurred to me that while I was there that there's, there's this whole world out there that wants to do all of this, mm. but they don't have a weighted. Right. there isn't anything that's making it accessible yeah, for them to no do so. Yeah, no one teaching them how to do it either. Right.
1: Because mm-hmm. I mean, you're putting it all on one thing, you don't have, right, I don't think there's anything else that you can really do something like this. I mean, you can buy an Arduino board, but you have to know what you want to do. There's no kid that comes yeah.
3: with it. Yeah. And I mean, if you, you could say the word Arduino to a beginner and they'll be like, what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've right. never
2: heard of it. Right? Dave, what's your background Ed?
0: Uh, So I graduated with a degree in computer engineering from RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology. Is that you guys met in Rochester, or you meet up? No, we ended up meeting in Buffalo through the internet. uh, Sweet, yeah, Hacker News. Um, Cool. So I want to get into that. Sweet. Yeah, I'll kind of fill in my background really Mm -hmm. briefly. So I went to RIT. Uh, My first internship was at AMD, uh, Advanced Micro Devices, the processor company, Mm -hmm. in Austin, Texas. I was doing like verification of CPU designs. Then I worked for Intel under Ken Shoemaker. He was the like one of the senior architects for the Pentium 4. So it was kind of amazing working with him and learning all about like where to put something in terms of functionality of a computer system Mm. in the hierarchy of like firmware or software or hardware on the processor or co-processor or whatever. Uh, And then I worked for IBM and kind of got sick of that whole uh, world of like have you guys seen the movie office space yeah. yeah there's that scene where he's like you know i have seven bosses <laughs> that i just try to make them you know try to avoid them and make sure they don't talk to me right <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> your that's, whole day is just dodging that's of, your work yeah kind of what ibm it sucks that corporate started to turn sure. into like i worked with some really great really genius people there but mm. the, the bureaucracy of it was kind of uh, a bit much yeah uh, so i went back to grad school and that's when i saw on hacker news that oscar First of all, that there were startups in Buffalo. I didn't even right. know that that existed. And it's surprisingly world... like a
2: big, small community.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: It's very weird. I mean, I don't think... It's a big community, but you don't see it. It's all hidden right. behind the, right. the, the, exactly. the scenes. Right, exactly. Once you get in, everybody knows the same names, yeah. same yeah. people. It's like, yeah. like on the podcast, like, oh, you had this person on. You know them, I know them. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> knows each other. Nice. we got to start broadcasting
2: out of Buffalo. If you're out of Buffalo, talk to us. We'll get you here. Yeah. Welcome similar or something.
1: (laughs) So I guess you guys, I want to talk more about subscription service. So you started off as a subscription service or did you mold into that?
0: Yeah, we kind of started with that as an idea. So when I was in college, I would be building all these projects and a lot of my friends were really smart computer scientists. Mm -hmm. So they'd see me tinkering with this stuff and be like, oh, you know, that's so cool. You can make your blinds open or you know whatever it was and they're like i can never do that i don't understand like for some reason they were intimidated by hardware even though you know they're way smarter than i was with software Mm -hmm. stuff uh so that kind of identified the problem of like there's still you know the maker movement is all about accessibility and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff like let's get people building stuff but there was still something missing that felt intimidating about it so that's where we kind of started uh so when I met Oscar, he had this other company that he was working on and uh, they were selling to universities and that wasn't going so well because the sales cycle is so long. Hold on, what what is it? Name <laughs> it, it. it. It was called Gradfly. Oh, okay, dang. Well, I was
2: <laughs> in a Rohan's business. I
0: had um, a lot mm, like Rohan. <laughs> who, who, who I know well actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on over Yeah. Here. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah so so we started talking about different ideas and I was like, "Well, I've always kind of wanted to make this, you know, Maker space in a box was mm-hmm. kind of like one of the original ideas, and also just talking about the the subscription service idea was because subscription services were very popular, mm-hmm. and it also kind of lends itself to a curriculum. So right. and you know, like when you coming back to right, yeah. So when you go to school, you know, you you know go for semesters lengths of <laughs> right, classes exactly. that build up on on that mm-hmm. knowledge. So we were kind of trying to go with that same methodology for the. Yeah, and, and the beauty of that too is
3: our subscribers get one box and then the next box they're able to work off of the previous one and build up oh, a skill cool. Oh, cool. so they can yeah. make
1: their own projects from the exactly. stuff. Yep. So like they learn the basics from this, the kit you send and then they can build off that and combine things together. Right. Wow, that's pretty cool. And so
3: we graduate them to different levels of difficulty over time and then at some point we introduce soldering, we introduce more advanced programming, and then eventually uh, uh, hopefully yeah, like what you've learned, or you, you can then? be as creative as you'd like. And, right.
1: So when you yeah. have a new person sign up, is there a curriculum that they follow so every person will have the first kit this month, the second kit this month? Yes. Or is it what you whatever you have for the month? So it is that, okay.
3: Well, we didn't start that way. Uh, originally it was whatever was, whatever was being delivered that month, yeah. which, which scaled on the intermediate to advanced level. And through mm-hmm. customer feedback, we realized that people love the projects, but they were bombarded by the assembly, the programming and the soldering all in one. Mm. So we took a step back. To come up with a curriculum where you, right. we could start off beginners from ground zero and then we teach you the fundamentals, theory, systems, how everything works, why it works, and then we build you up from there.
2: Wow. I love it. I think that's totally that's cool and the subscriptions the way to go. Um, what do you guys, like, vision this kind of, you know growing into, you know, and you're really great right now, what you guys are doing, you know, be only said you're what, two and a half years into it or something like that. Yeah. Um, what, what are your next steps?
3: Well, I mean, the, the vision for us, I guess it's, it's important to know how things stand today. Like we, we work very closely locally with the boys and girls club and other different types of organizations where Mm. we walk into a room where people have never picked up a soldering iron before. They've never heard of engineering. They don't know how to code period. Mm -hmm. So imagine, all of these kids, 10, 15, 20 years from now, they have learned these skills, hopefully, mm. through either theirs or some other other mechanism, but... And
1: they build on those skills like without even realizing it. So they may, may know <clears throat> learn something here and then they apply it to other stuff and that's how they you know, they really grow. Yes. I mean, I, I, that, that happened to me with my life. I feel like I've had a lot of exposure to young age and I was able to build on that. Mm. But if I didn't have that one exposure, I probably wouldn't have built on it.
2: How do you guys go about your marketing?
1: how do you guys get the name I see you have the Kickstarter video.
2: One, I want to know, were you guys successful on it?
3: We were. Yeah.
2: Nice. All right. Major key. How K- did you ask? The
1: Kickstarter you said?
2: Yeah. What um, did you ask
3: for? Our original goal was $25,000. Mm-hmm. Dave and I thought, okay, let's sell 500 units. That was our, our big goal. Right. And then we ended up uh, surpassing that by 1,200%. So we ended up raising Sweet. just shy of $300,000.
2: Awesome. What do you think was the major contributor? Because I'm sure like, you know now it's so easy to kind of like get out there and get a kickstart stuff like that but most of them fail um, what I was failed. what do you think was like your your engagement with the people what was the key to it
3: I wouldn't say it was just one thing it was a variety yeah. of factors um, give it something it was a
0: six month process mm-hmm. like we put a yeah we, we planned a lot so Dan Giganti I don't know if you guys know him his business is a 19, 19 Ideas. Ideas and the 26 shirts if you've seen that one mm mm-hmm. um, okay. so we like big you know with everything kind of go out and talk to all your mentors and be like all right Right. what's the right way here and dan had run a couple of kickstarters before so his advice was it's almost divided into like two campaigns so you have like the campaign before the campaign Mm -hmm. where you're collecting email addresses of people that might be interested in this idea so the day you launch because a kickstarter like it's so easy to make you're right. not going to be a news story just by having a kickstarter <laughs> exactly. right Exactly. but if you reach your goal within 24 or 48 hours or a week or something right and then start to exceed your goal then it becomes newsworthy because people are like oh wow these kids were only asking for five thousand dollars <laughs> and now they have a yeah, hundred thousand right. or you know whatever it, it is looks better. Mm-hmm. yep so that was the first like kind of thing that we started working on we also spent a long time on the script for the video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even longer recording the video, it feels like. It's a lot harder than it looks. Right? I, yeah. I did a Kickstarter, I failed on it.
1: But um, it's, you think, like, oh yeah, I'll just jump in the camera, talk for a minute, I'm good. You know, a whole day later, you're like, all right, I, I said the same thing about 3,000 times, and I still don't think it's right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I had spoken to quite a few Kickstarter ba- um, creators who had started their campaigns and been successful. Mm-hmm. And they always came back to the video as being the starting point. Right. I mean, there's so many other things you have to worry about. But the video was definitely one of those keystones. Like, it had to be emotional. It had to quickly describe what you did Mm -hmm. and why you were doing it. And it had to be high quality as well to some extent.
1: So what advice do you have for anyone trying to start a Kickstarter? I know video you said is number one. What else would you suggest? Any key points for people that are listening that are looking to start a Kickstarter? What they should do? Make
0: sure that you're using Kickstarter for the right reasons. So it's really good for proving that an audience exists Mm -hmm. and that's what you should be using it for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, hopefully you've done some validation of your idea before that, but that's like what it's for. Uh, So for us, you know, we posted onto Reddit. Uh, like a month after we had the idea and put together a basic landing page mm-hmm. and said, "What do you guys think of this?" And that was our way to generate a bunch of emails for our mailing list for our uh, Kickstarter campaign.
1: Never thought of Reddit. I hear Reddit all the time. I just I tried using it, but i I feel like you have to know how to use that. I've, I've been told that you can be spammy and people don't like that. They pick up on it and then you get kicked off the site you guys like familiar redditors
2: yeah because reddit is like a community in its own right? right
0: yeah it's kind of like an online forum for mm-hmm. everything and then they have like sub so S- they stick on subreddits of but, yeah. of that is off that
2: legal.
1: that's good though, because, yeah, yeah like yeah. we were going to do the kickstarter <laughs> we wanted to do the reddit thing and we were just going to do it while the kickstarter was going and that's you're selling it so that's doesn't look good but what you did you yeah when you asked of time it. asking for yep. feedback you weren't selling it and then people that are interested, you get their emails, and then, you know, a month or two later, it's not like you're trying to sell them.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was actually, I mean, that was the the first time we'd ever done some sort of customer discovery and validation, yeah. and it was pretty, like, what we put out there on Reddit was genuine, we were really just le- legitimately asking, what do you guys think of this? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, this view of comments, negative, <clears> negative and, <throat> and positive, were coming in. People mm-hmm. loved the idea, others were, were giving us ideas about price, what they cool
2: the price could be all right there's um, a lot of engagement what form did you guys post that to like or
0: multiple I, ones or was it like i one think we posted one? to both the arduino and the electronics, electronics yeah. subreddits yeah
2: cool wow and th- i mean th- this seems pretty they're pretty general forms yeah. right and it just picked
0: up like that
3: yeah actually david has i think it's still out there the post you put together on how to successfully write a post for feedback yeah there. well oh, it's, cool. it's
0: just like one kind of funny oddity about the Reddit community. So, mm-hmm. so we first posted a link right to our website and that got like almost no engagement. Mm-hmm. Then I took a screenshot of the website and posted a link to that and that got a shit ton of engagement. And I think it's just because of the nature of the platform, yeah. you know, when you're yeah. scrolling through, right. yeah. see a bunch of headlines, you're not going to want to click off the site, but you'll open up an image because it's mm-hmm. super easy to consume that. And then if you're interested, then you'll read more about it.
1: So once you got your market validation, right, I mean, what, what next? Do you... Do you like say okay? Well, now I know my idea is valid. I'll start selling it. Or do you try to get use that for investors? What did What did you do with your market validation?
3: Well, it didn't end with the Reddit post. We went. and- Well, Kickstarter too. Yeah, Kickstarter too, um, but so. he, well, Kickstarter. I'd say it was the Reddit post, and then we started going to actual events like uh, mm-hmm. Maker Fairs. We we went to. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Maker Fairs, uh, but there's. Yeah, I got an idea. There, um, we went to the one in New York City through a program that we got into called Next Top Makers mm. and we spent two days there and we met our target customer which was at the time, well I guess it still is, hobbyist slash parents and mm. they would come up to the booth. We had no products, we were just selling right. the idea and we had people come to the table who were ready to drop their credit card. Really? And we're like, we don't what have type of
2: materials thing? did you bring to that You know, without having the product? What did you, I mean you sell them on the idea but like, how did you go about that?
0: we had uh well david had created a prototype at the yeah point. we had the first <laughs> two product ideas mm-hmm. so i had like those functioning as like a prototype on the table and then we had do we, we have which postcards was, which was the wi-fi robot right, right yeah. and then did we have the cube too i don't remember if we had the I cube s- i think so i'm not positive yeah. on that yeah no we did because there's that photo oh on- yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah, love yeah, that yeah. <laughs>
1: you, like, once you had the market validation, what did you do, though, after that? Like, did you, did you start selling right away, or did you try mm, to get an investor?
3: No, I mean, we, we didn't go after investment at all. We went after a couple of grants that we received right. successfully, but... Um, oh, you didn't get them? Between the, the customer validation, it was then prepping for the Kickstarter. Okay. Um, which... That was a big decision for us too, because we were like, do we? We had this email list of probably okay. about a thousand people. Wow. We were like, do we? Do we do? A, do we launch a private beta with this select group of people right. that are already on board with our vision, mm-hmm. or do we go all out and go on Kickstarter and try to right. go, all out. go all out? Yeah, <laughs> go, go all out, out there. there. Yeah. <laughs> so it <laughs> ended up being the Kickstarter, and so mm. we spent the remaining months of twenty fourteen or no twenty fifteen prepping for the Kickstarter.
1: And then what after the Kickstarter? Just fulfilling orders.
3: Well after the Kickstarter was sixty days and we the we spent most of twenty sixteen manufacturing, sourcing everything, oh, right. packaging, figuring out the brand. Do you guys make go, everything
1: yourself or do you outsource it?
3: We
0: outsource it. We outsource some of it, I guess. Yeah, we design everything and then we contract the manufacturing. Yeah. The US or you go out? Uh outside the US, yeah. I figured that. And yeah. it's
1: not something that would be cheap in the U.S. No, yeah. we tried locally yeah. to, yeah, I tried, to yeah. try to yeah. source everything oh, here. Ton of it's it's to go good global. to try. It's just impossible. You can't compete with anyone. No. Yeah,
0: there's some vendors that we use that do actually compete on price. Like our phone manufacturer is able to match what our Chinese manufacturer yeah. charges us. But yeah, That's yeah cool. a lot of it is.
2: Mm. <laughs> I love the packaging. Um, me and Brian yeah. both always <laughs> use orange with pretty yeah. much all of our Are businesses. It's just like yeah. an abstract color that other people use. Um, what, you guys have any thought behind that you guys just like orange
3: um, I don't even remember why we chose orange just fit, <laughs> <laughs> fit. no one uses
1: orange but I yeah, yeah. Very I remember yellow being color. a contender
3: but we ended up going with orange everything yeah, else I mean I think we were trying to get away from the blue that Facebook and Twitter yeah. were using even everybody, everybody yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah <laughs> there are too many yeah, psychology
2: awesome. business articles yeah and we
3: also wanted to be approachable in a sense where we want parents to right
2: it's more fun yeah, yeah.
3: fun uh education you know mm-hmm. we want it to be something vibrant that people can see and like oh wow what's this
2: so what do you guys think you know you've had you know some success you guys are going you know in a good direction trending well what do you think you know credited to what if something you guys have personally done you know as founders to move your forward or move your business forward if there was maybe, like, one turning point or, like, a decision that was, like, made everything go?
3: Um, I think for me, I spent... We, so we got into a, an accelerator out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, t- it's called Telluride Venture Accelerator in Telluride, Colorado, which is about five hours southwest of Denver. And uh, we, we spent four months there. We were able to... So the managing director of the program was formerly at Techstars. So mm-hmm. he took everything he had learned from Techstars and applied it to this accelerator there were eight companies from all over the world that came together for four months, and then at the end of this program, it concludes with a demo day, so you get to pitch mm-hmm. your idea, and then it, the room's pretty much packed with investors. So I was able to raise a seat round there, and that really, this was after the Kickstarter, but mm-hmm. it helped fueled bringing on actual people to help right. us.
2: Yeah. so that was a good decision then to that Yeah, because it really was just me and David up until right.
3: September. And for the type of business we want to grow, it, it has to be more than just me and him. Right. And <laughs> we, we need someone <laughs> You guys up.
2: like package it yourselves? Right now we do. We yeah. still do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have an office or you do it out of the house? Like how do you guys work your space? We, we have an
3: office space at yeah. the Great Arrow building. Oh, okay. Cool. Which is right- is near that? The, Down, downtown? Yeah. It's right. Um, it's a little north of downtown, but it's right by the Amherst Street Wegmans, if you're familiar with that mm-hmm. area. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's pretty cool. I yeah, live like
2: three minutes on
3: there. But that's been great because when we were at the co-working space at the Innovation Center, we were mm-hmm. operating at about 200 square feet. it yeah, was ridiculous. <laughs> I think I almost fell. Well, I definitely fell It's like working in one
2: of those miniature kitchens where you guys are just back to back. Yeah. <laughs> so.
3: I gave up my desk at one point and but now we have enough space for people and, and, right. and inventory, which is a big deal. And thing. how many
1: plays you guys said you had?
3: We're six total, so Six total That's seven. awesome. You guys are
1: doing pretty good for two and a half years, really good.
3: Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you always want it to be more than. Yeah, 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 you always
2: want to be at that next step. Yeah, and every like slow day, you know, it feels long, it feels hard. You grind through it, and then the next yeah. day is way better. Yes.
1: Yeah. What about um? So I want to go back to the subscription. So. Do you find a lot of people are just doing like a month and then stopping, or doing two or three months and stopping? Yeah. What do you what do? do you, what do you do for retention? Yeah. How do you? I mean, obviously, like retaining? engaging stuff. I've always think. wondered with yeah. subscription because I mean, obviously, the people that subscribe that you kind of base your budget off that.
3: Yeah. Um, so that's something that. Will always continue to learn about like how long people obviously our end right. goal is to get people yeah. and now with this curriculum especially we'll, that's I think it that's lends huge. itself to people right. starting from a certain point and then because they see that there's an yeah. end
2: goal like okay I can I just grow and keep going to that exactly yes
3: but we we also have an understanding that not everyone's gung ho about a subscription so we right. do allow people to buy a product one off which is the very first one right um, I think I saw that I think you had three different packages when I looked right yeah. you have you can
1: buy one and then there was I forget this. So
0: there's a lower price one off and then yeah. uh, two options for the subscription okay
2: mm-hmm. yeah how do you guys work out pricing what do you guys charge per month
0: for uh,
3: currently it's so it used to be sixty to ninety dollars a month, mm-hmm. depending on what tier you chose. Now it's just a standard fifty dollars a month. Cool, that's you're paying, very reasonable. You're, you're paying a little extra your first month for the Arduino mm-hmm. that you get, but then after that, it's just a flat fifty dollars.
1: What is this Arduino? So actually, the three D printers, all the ones I use upstairs, mm-hmm. all use Arduino. So it's just like a a board that you can program with, or you oh, can. Well, know. you can't. You can program it, right?
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's a microcontroller, so it's basically a computer just a little bit simpler.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So every 3D printer out there has an Arduino board in it. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. Mind if I open it up from guys? <laughs> I, really, I don't have to go through it. How did you guys come up with,
2: like, um, so are there different kinds? Like, this one's the the controller. Um, what else can they build without I mean giving away too much information on it? Yeah. What else can yeah, they we get?
0: Robots. Uh, so we just, like I said, we just moved to this uh, starter, what we call it, the creator set. Mm-hmm. So with that one, we have 12 different projects that you can build with just those parts. Um, it's intruder detector, parts. kitchen alarm, or kitchen timer, uh, a little robot thing, um, all sorts of different yeah, stuff. Yeah, Simon Says game. Nice. So we should. have a weather station kit, a bunch I mean, of different stuff.
1: You should include, like excuse me, design files for someone to make a case for that, they could 3D print it.
0: Yeah, we do. We, oh, do? uh, yeah. So all of our designs are open source. We give you the schematics and the oh, PCB design the board design. design. You can just print out the case for it. For sure. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: really cool.
2: <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, so you guys thinking like, it's it's 13 plus, right? are you now are you thinking you know initially you said you're looking to educate go towards parents stuff like that are you finding that like kids themselves are getting interested in it like are you targeting you know children when you go out there because you did that where did you guys Uh, meet you met at that invention convention convention, right mm -hmm. so obviously you're trying to engage the kids they're getting playing with it um what's your kind of strategy with targeting people
3: yeah i mean usually the buy-in comes from parents if the kids see the projects on our table they're Mm -hmm. like i want to build that if they're especially if they're engaged like we have this little flashy led cube that's and all different patterns and I've what you realize. <laughs> I've seen that.
1: You were at the Buffalo Manage Museum of Science probably like two or three months ago, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. For, I want to see Kids Day or
0: mm-hmm. Engineering Day. So yeah, yeah, it was a World Engineering Day.
1: Yeah, or yeah. Like that. Okay. Yeah. I was there for that too. Cool. Yeah, that's why so I saw you guys a long time ago.
0: Yeah. So
3: we usually try to suck the kids in that way with uh, cool games and, yeah. and cool little projects at the table. And the parents, obviously, when they see us. Mm-hmm. They either want to spend more time with their kids because they're super busy, or they want to get their kids ahead of the curve in school, like, mm-hmm. and then getting them interested the in the future, a, in a career <laughs> in science and technology. Exactly. Right. So, um, from that standpoint, that's usually
0: right what, what draws people in.
1: So, does that require soldering?
3: Uh,
0: yeah, this kit does, but yeah. all of our new stuff doesn't.
1: So do you sell a kit with it for the soldering? Like, how, yeah. how do you have a website that you can buy the soldering. Yeah, so yeah,
0: we have a tool kit that we sell for one hundred twenty dollars. That's cool. that Has it's like, an yeah, it's got screwdriver and all sorts of you know precision yeah. screwdriver, all that kind of stuff. Originally,
3: people were asking us what what tools to buy, right. And we sent them elsewhere, Amazon and then all, like, way you, even, you will <laughs> all these kits. Yeah. Right. And then finally, we're like, why don't we just create our own tool set? And so right. we ended up doing that.
2: Yeah,
1: that's another way to make money. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Yeah, You have any final, like, advice, anything for our viewers? Where can they check you out? We want to know. Find out more information about you guys. And then any final, like, remarks, advice to help our viewers kind of project their own businesses?
1: Anything about business.
0: Yeah. um, uh, One quote that I always liked is, like the simple formula for all business is say what you're going to do then do it and then tell people that you did it for sure um and i think that like the more i've been in it the more i realize that's super true mm-hmm. like i don't have a tendency to uh you know brag about myself or anything like that but that's a very important part of business mm-hmm. yeah um so you gotta get so it about exactly you gotta get over that and you, don't or you do, just get the news to do it for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, find, find some way to get some press and mm. some attention.
3: Yeah, for me, I would say I think um, it's important. You know, this could easily blend in with however many hundreds of educational products are out there. Mm. But I think what's re- what's really important is that everyone has their own story. Like we have a story to tell, and when you infuse that with the product, I think it resonates with a lot of people. Mm. So I I'd say, if you're starting a business, then don't. Um, or make sure that you're adding in that story, whatever inspired you to pursue the idea then mm-hmm. then make sure you tell that story because that's that counts.
2: It goes to the Kickstarter idea of, you know, getting people emotional.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. So do you have any advice for let's say someone's trying to start a subscription company? Do you have any advice for them?
2: Right, cuz it's interesting space now. Anything it's kind of growing.
1: You would stay away from.
0: Mm. Well, if you look at like the most uh successful subscription businesses there's stuff that you basically need every day like a razor
3: you know there's dollar shave Shave
0: club and harry's and a bunch of others and the reason that that's so successful is because yeah it's something you're going to subscribe to and you're going to need it every
1: day you're never going to not need it yep and it saves you a trip to the store
0: yeah so that model is the perfect model for a subscription business so something like an educational product you know there's a fit there for sure But it's not... uh, Lifetime. Yeah. Like, we're not going to keep a customer for, you know, 50 years or something that Dollar Shave Club or Harry's may potentially do. Mm -hmm. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. I'd say if you're going to start a subscription company, though, you want to
3: talk to as many people as possible, especially those people who sign up for either your email list or who end up buying from you. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're getting into a rhythm now where we're talking to two to three customers per week. Mm-hmm. And we survey customers every month because we always want to hear how we're doing. Right. And we're always pushing to hear the bad stuff because that's the stuff we really want to hear so we can become better and better.
1: Right. So you make sure you don't do it again.
3: Right, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and, and be super cool about it too. Like if, if we get, sometimes we get nasty emails from people and yeah. I have to just walk away for a little bit, come back and sit down and just respond calmly and be like, you know what, you're right. Or you know, even if they're not 100% correct. Right. I still have to meet them halfway because whatever we did, because if we don't solve
1: their problem to make at least acknowledge that they're right, they're gonna go yeah. out and tell everyone, "Don't buy yeah. this kit." Seriously, yeah,
3: that's what I'm afraid of too. Is yeah. I don't want this person to go out there and talk to twenty people and say shit about yeah. us. Yeah, but <laughs> exactly. you want. you don't want that at all. Yeah, exactly.
0: it, it's it's easier to say than it is to practice, but that kind of relates back to the product design too. Like if someone fails at building this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can figure out why it was their fault. Or it can be, uh, like, more empathetic and say, like, okay, something I screwed up, right? Like, something in the instructions wasn't clear, something in the thing so wasn't clear. So, in the end,
1: it goes back to you because you didn't right. make it easy enough or clear enough for them. Yeah. So, even though they did mess up, it is their fault. That's, I mean, I feel like that's... It right
0: kind of hmm. relates back to uh, a big principle. So, I'm a big open source person. I like open source software and all that kind of stuff. And uh, empathy-based uh, software design is, like, a big movement, kind of, and... Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I borrowed that idea from. That's cool. I like that. Concept. Share the love, man. Share yeah, the love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that concept. There's
2: enough for everybody. That's what I always say.
1: So another question I had. Um, I see you went to that event, uh, Buffalo, or at the adventure uh, convention. convention. Mm-hmm. You go to a lot of events, obviously. Right. Yeah. What do you, would you say? your your experiences with those events. Do You see a lot of sales from it, or is it more brand awareness? What What do you What do you take out of those events? And what do you What advice do you have?
3: uh so i mean we think about it's funny like I, for us like originally when we were doing these type of events we would think what's the roi i have going to this event is it sa-? and usually the first thing we would talk about is sales mm. and what i'm learning is that it's not just sales it's really about brand awareness mm. meeting people talking to them right. sharing the story that we're sharing with you guys and people love that yeah, um, and it's it's really more about that.
1: And they know you're not a corporation; you're a local company, so they probably right. love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have so some fun.
3: Yeah, we were just sitting down with one of our advisors a few weeks ago, who was like, "Get out there, go to more events, go to Wegmans, set up shop <laughs> in here, really and even outside. Fixed. Yeah, but, yeah. Anywhere kids go, Whole Foods you know,
2: does, does events all the time. You can just go and talk to them about, yeah, and just do stuff there. We did one for a company I was marketing for the other week so yeah. you can find stuff anywhere you know you just gotta go to the right place and ask people are always yeah. cool you know but down for it yep. yeah
3: yes. So if you guys ever hear of any events <laughs> yeah like that. All right. vice oh, versa know. shit <laughs> yeah, <there. totally. laughs> so I
1: guess where do you guys see yourselves in five years
3: Whew. well that's a big picture. <laughs> <laughs> it, is a big picture. <laughs> it is a big picture. Well, right now our our goal is to grow the subscription business, but we also want to get into schools. Mm-hmm. We we picture one of these in every That's classroom. Huge if we get this into a classroom. We just got a statewide contractor through so we can potentially work cool. up with up to 700 school districts in the wow. state. Yeah. And there's a similar program like this in every state. So Um, In addition to that, the Kickstarter forced us to be a global company. So we had customers in 35 countries outside the U.S. So that's also made us think, how can we get outside the U.S.? Mm -hmm. And we're not quite there yet, but that's also on the back burner. But then you think about um, retail, uh, working with distributors, (laughs) children's museums, toy stores.
2: I'd love um, to see that. I was manager at Target. I'd love to see that on the shelf. Because they or, have like little toys and things that are kind of not that a, not that complex, you know, but like little kid stuff where you're putting things together. But something yeah. more advanced for that middle age group, solid.
3: Yeah, definitely. And just working um, on partnerships with companies like I don't know, maybe Legos or the Marvel or mm-hmm. Star Wars enterprises
0: just, that make this more relatable to people. Yeah kind of bigger picture like uh, a very common thing that people tell us and like this is a whole reason that I made this thing was uh, I wish this was there when I was a kid so kind of flipping that idea around like we want uh, you know like future engineers and innovators to be able to say like oh yeah Thimble is the thing that yeah. you know I started with that got me into computers like uh, you know that that's the that's the most rewarding kind of goal there feeling. yeah, yeah.
2: I'm sure right? and,
3: and we've had um, we've had interactions with customers where we weren't the sole reason, um, well, let me tell you the story. So the there was this woman who bought a subscription for her son, I think he was a, a senior, when she did that and then he ended up going to mit mm. now he didn't get into mit because of this right but i would yes. like to think like if he had subscribed <laughs> sooner you know how cool would it be that, that right. someone out. who had no interest in any of this eventually falls in love with the the subject and ends up going mm-hmm. to a school like mit or stanford right to pursue so cool. an education and engineering and then beyond that ends up getting a really awesome job at Mm-hmm. At
0: Google, or I maybe mean, it's not even that they 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 spin off and do their own thing. Yeah, and kind of hand in hand with that, like bigger picture, maybe even past five years. I think you know everyone has been saying that online education is going to change uh, formal education, mm, at yeah. least uh, K through twelve. And there's a lot of good things that are happening, but there's also like I don't know. My school didn't have a computer science curriculum, and still doesn't. Uh, there's not a nat- nationwide like mm. standard curriculum for computer science. There's an AP course but it's still not adopted i think only like 35 states even offer it at all so like i think there's a lot of changes that are going to happen and hopefully mm-hmm. we're part of those changes for the hopefully. better doing that at the Make right time happen. yeah
1: watch you're going to go back in five years you're going to look at this be like oh I, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. be there. I'm, I'm, that's nothing i'll wait wait sell these gets on mars now Yeah. So? yeah. <laughs> all right awesome well thanks com- thanks for coming out um thank you I guess
2: we'll catch you guys next week.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank Thanks you. Yeah. Money stacking up, top trash, better back it up. I'ma make my money while they laugh at us.